0: Oh, there he is. <laughs> the answer is no.
1: <laughs> hey everybody, microphones of Madness. I'm Rodney, and over there is Steve. Hey. And his fan.
0: <laughs> I've got a lot of fans.
1: You got a fan club. Uh, Today we are talking Black Power, a superhero anthology uh, put together by Balagun Ojitade. It is available on Amazon. You can swing by and get it. This is a... What it says on the tin, it is a superhero anthology featuring uh, African American heroes. And there's 20 stories in the anthology. We're going to go over them five at a time. Uh, today, yep. we're going to go over the first five. So, uh, overall, Steve, what do you think of the the first quarter?
0: Uh, there's a couple of really strong stories in there. I think part of the issue, and it's not this particular volume because I've read other prose superhero things before, it's very hard to translate that comic book four color feel into a strictly word. Um, form just you're so used to having that added dimension of the visuals Mm -hmm. Um, with especially with superheroes,
1: right whether it's comics or or even films you know there's both both uh Mm -hmm. types of superhero storytelling are very visual right
0: right and uh, you know, it's the costumes, it's the excitement of of incredible powers, flashes of light, and it's very hard to translate that to just strict prose.
1: Yes, even even as with with purple prose, you can't um, capture the the feel of, like you said, the four color comics. Um,
0: it's it's a lot different from from it's related to. But different from pulps. Right. Um, whereas pulps have a certain pacing and, um, I guess vocabulary to them in and of themselves. It's different from, from how superheroes work because a lot of, especially, um, these days, a lot of the information is conveyed through the picture and mm. even through the way the uh, the individual frames are set up. I mean, it's right. it's graduated to be its own art form.
1: Right, right. And
0: like it or not, superheroes are always going to be tied into comics. hmm Because, I mean, that's where they come from. Right. Well, I mean, this, I,
1: I you know, I haven't read too much by way of like, superhero prose, but, uh, you know, so far we've got a, a fairly good mix of... Uh, We've got some uh some really nineties kind of vibe going on here. Um <laughs> a couple kind of our our silver age, maybe early bronze age type of stories. Uh we have right. one story that is more in line with like heavy metal than it is with Spider Man.
0: Yeah, but even that, like a lot of heavy metal had had superpowers. Right. Depending on who and what you know what the story
1: was. Sure. You know, science fiction. Well let's um let's jump right into it. And Balagun himself leads off with a story called Heroes Again. Um and this is almost kinda like a like a reboot. Uh I got a little bit of a Secret Six vibe off of off of the story where the heroes aren't heroes. "Quote
0: unquote." Yeah, it kind of got like it was like a, it's a little bit more like social commentary here, mm-hmm. where you have a situation where you have these heroes, who are ex-heroes, uh, because they're 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 African American people of color with powers in a white society, and I think they didn't quit being heroes because you know they didn't stop. Wanting to be heroes. I think they were forced out. Because having black people. With that much power. Is just can't happen.
1: (laughs) Right. It's like it doesn't matter how many lives we save. We'll always be in bombs to them.
0: Right. That's a direct quote. Except for the paraphrasing of the last one. Correct. So Um, I thought it was a strong way. To to, uh, open this up. mm -hmm. It was you know. It made a statement. Because you don't see a lot of black faces in comic books. Not not, not marquee, Right, right. That, um, that may or may not be changing depending on what week it is.
1: <laughs> right, right. I, I believe we talked about it when we were doing our discussion of Iron Fist. Right. Um, we were talking about Sam Wilson really step, stepping into the role of Captain America. Yeah. Uh, at a time in uh superhero history where Captain America really is a marquee character. Right. Um where you have Miles Morales who is yes, you know, Sam and Miles are both legacy heroes, but they are legacy heroes taking on essentially the flagship costumes of Marvel Comics, for example.
0: Yeah, well when you think of Marvel, you think of Spider Man, you think now you think of Captain America. Mm Mm-hmm. Um And you know, the 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 thing that Stanley always said about Spider-Man was anybody could be Mm Spider-Man, anybody could be under that suit. But in reality, it was Peter Parker, right? Right. And uh, now it's Miles Morales, which is great. Mm -hmm. And people like Miles Morales as Spider-Man is surprising, and maybe it's just because I live in a bubble. There's surprisingly little backlash against that, right? And
1: well, we we've seen the we've seen some backlash like a couple years ago when they were doing the uh all new Avengers lineup when they included Miles and Kamala Khan and uh the the newer Nova, I've forgotten his name. Um, and people so, quote unquote so called comic book fans calling them the social justice Avengers.
0: Oh right, right. Yeah. But, I mean, was that just because they were under the Avengers title, or was it the characters themselves?
1: Uh, I, I think it's just white people complaining that uh, comics aren't white as white as they used to be. Yeah, well. They're still pretty white. Don't get us wrong.
0: <laughs> no, they they are. And as a matter of fact, they're so white that the, um, was it the editor-in-chief or the CEO of Marvel was blaming the non-whiteness on there? Uh, the sales VP. Sales VP was blaming right. The uh, non whiteness on their lack of sales, right? Uh, uh, right. Without looking yeah. at the numbers that their that their diverse uh, cast w- was actually selling the the most,
1: right? And uh, even though even though he had to go back and eat crow a little bit because uh, some of the more popular Marvel titles right now are Miles, uh, Gwen Stacy, uh, Spider Gwen, right. and uh, Ms Marvel. Um, you know, it's also interesting, speaking of, you know, black heroes in, in in mainstream media, uh, we started reading this the same week that uh CW dropped the trailer for Black Lightning. Right. And yeah, that looks like a great show. They're setting it up to be independent, so you know, they're Black Lightning's not going to be reliant on Barry Allen or uh, Oliver Queen or any of these other white heroes to jumpstart the series. They're focusing straight on him and his family, and it looks to be a really great show.
0: Yeah, looks like it's going to be kind of a take on the Dark Knight Returns, both Black Lightning instead of uh, Batman.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Now,
1: just as an aside before we get back into Balogun's story, uh, I hope if they do somehow do like a Earth whatever crossover with the rest of the Flaro universe, that since Black Lightning is an older, more experienced hero, they get to cross him over with Jay Garrick. That'd be cool. So that way, that way we can uh, not only do we add diversity to the role, we also can combat ageism. And have older characters.
0: That's right. Us fogies need heroes too. That's right.
1: Everybody needs heroes. Especially um, one of the things that really struck me about Balagun's story is it, how it kind of twisted in on itself, and the characters started, and you, and it really kind of manipulated the reader to think that these two characters were one way, uh, you know, scam artists. Really is the way I was well, looking at it.
0: That's what they were doing.
1: And that's how they started. And it turns out that, you know, the, the scam was to get to a location to defeat a bad guy. Right. And you know, I, I liked how that, that twisted and folded on itself and uh, it's it's takes the, the superhero idea and adapts it pretty well for like a pulp and prose type of setting.
0: Yeah. And and really, like I said before, that's the difficulty with with doing it like this is you you have to come up with ways to express that aspect of the story that you can get. Normally, you get stuff like that from visual cues Mm -hmm. and you can do it really subtly and it'll creep up on you. You'll be like, oh, that's really cool. Right. And it's a lot harder to do that with prose without being campus about it. Um,
1: well, you have to but, you have to use the advantages of the meeting,
0: right? And Balogun's like he he does it really well. He distracts you with humor because this is a funny story. Mm-hmm. Like these guys are funny people. Well, oh,
1: Balogun's a funny guy.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: And he's a big nerd too. So
0: yeah, and I, and I want to steal the uh, the term flipsters.
1: Flipsters. Flipsters. I, I think that might be a real term. Is it? Yeah, I think so.
0: I am in Massachusetts. That's my excuse.
1: <laughs> um. Yeah. So th- yeah, it was a great way to open up the story. I mean, Balogun, you know, being as skilled a writer as he is, really kind of took the the medium that was available to him and and delivered something that had that kind of that kind of feel. And like I said, it definitely kind of a. A '90s, early 2000s feel to the story is a little mm-hmm. bit grittier than than you would think, you know, um, than you would might expect. But then again,
0: well, you get your your, your heroes come off as anti heroes,
1: really.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, but they're not. No. Or are they?
0: They are heroes again
1: right and 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 another thing I, I want to mention before we get into uh, Ronald Jones's story is that each of these stories really feels like a single issue of a comic, or yeah, you know, maybe true. maybe given the the length of the stories themselves, they might be like two or three issues, but yeah, there's always that that ending that makes you feel like, okay, there's definitely more to the story.
0: Right. It's, it. it th- this story especially um, feels like it could be like issue five, mm. you know, because you have a backstory that is, is very well explained within the pages of the story. So they have that recap for you, so you know what's happening in this world. And then right. um, as the story progresses and comes to an end, it has enough open strings that you look forward to the next installment.
1: Or, or, or a a, a book that's kind of like faith, where you have the first issue, but there's there is a backstory and it's referenced, but the backstory was a completely different comic,
0: right? Yeah, they and, did that in uh in mean, the Amalgam universe too. Mm-hmm.
1: Um. So yeah, the next story on the list is uh, "Fall of the Caretakers" by Ronald T. Jones. Uh, this story is where where Balaguns is is like all a lot of setup and you know real deep into uh, backstory and and whatnot to to set up the action. This story is all action from point A to point B. This is the if we want to compare it to an issue, this is the 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 climactic issue.
0: Yeah, and the story starts off with. The bus hurled toward him. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's like it doesn't even—it's not even the beginning of the fight.
1: Yeah, there's there's a fight already going on. This and, is like
0: this is like the the second issue in a two part cliffhanger.
1: Right. Or or the, the and, and, big, and it opens up
0: with that splash page of a bus barreling down right. on a guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, and 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 that's one of the things that Ronald does is Ronald is able to set scenes fairly well. And some of his paragraphs kind of feel like panels. Yeah. Um, you know, we get... The the gist of the story is, is you have a character um, who is a brilliant inventor. He has a mechanical suit of armor. Uh, and he was part of a Justice League-type team. And you have analogs to all of the main... Justice League characters. You have a Superman, you have a Wonder Woman, uh, you have Flash. Uh, a Flash, and you have a cyborg. You have a cyborg, member. yeah, and
0: then Storm for some reason,
1: right? And Storm, a weather manipulator,
0: right? And then, um, uh, and then, uh, well, she could have been the Red Tornado, I suppose. Yeah, nerding out, <laughs> and and the main character could either be Batman or Iron Man.
1: Yeah, it's felt more like Iron Man, but there well, was a lot of Iron You could have a
0: chest You have a chest
1: Right. However, you know, this, this story, because Ronald rooted in the action and his XPs his are so familiar that it, it really did give you the ability to kind of imagine what was going on, even if you kind of sort of superimposed characters. Right. Um. You know, there was enough description that you could tell. You know, you could change the costumes around and whatnot in your head. But you know, you know the Flash or Quicksilver. So when when this character comes in, you pretty much have a good idea of what what they can do.
0: Right.
1: Um. And on down the line. But yeah, this is a, a straight up beat 'em up fest. Yeah. Between between this Iron Man, Batman, XP, uh, and whose name is Ace, by the way,
0: right Victor James Jackson,
1: right? Who which which might itself be a little bit of a Batman reference
0: too, right? Well, it's funny because the uh, Superman SP and the Vince Man has a big eye on his chest, right? <laughs> it's, it's you know it's very it's it's very funny like if you look at it that way. It's, it's basically um, the plot of that uh, Justice League um, series, mm-hmm. the animated series. With the Justice Lords? With the Justice Lords. Like, something happened that, that, that turned the Justice League into fascists. Mm-hmm. And uh, only one of them was, didn't go over with the Batman or, Right. Or, you know, the Iron Man age
1: right and it and it does the story does seem to borrow a lot of elements that are that are familiar to comic book readers if you're not a comic book reader or or a person who watches like dcau or something like that um it may not feel familiar uh but i think i think some some of it is you know ronald jones's uh ability to uh Establish the the kinetic feel in this in his prose. Because, yeah, the move, the the constant motion throughout this
0: story. Well, he manages to keep aloft an 11 page fight. Right. An 11 prose page fight scene, which is, you know, visually that's easy to do if you were like flipping through a comic. Right. But you have like
1: to write it and paste it I anyway mean,
0: it's all action it's not like there's any one part of this except for the very end where they have the the uh, decompression the gaming mm-hmm. mall right um it's it's wall to wall action it's it's punches and throws and kicks and dodges and
1: and it's also, it's also peppered liberally with that uh, staple of the comic book medium, the fact that they all the characters have these detailed conversations while they're beating each other up.
0: That's true.
1: And we get a, we get a lot of the backstory, we get a lot of insight into the characters' personalities through that dialogue and, and through their, their use of tactics in battle you know we we get the feeling that that ace is not trying to really injure his his former friends he's mainly trying to just survive until he can execute his masterpiece right his secret, his secret plan right his, his trip batman trip. gambit
0: right and and there's enough um variants a lot of these characters were um smarter than their uh, like Invis- Invinci-Man mm-hmm. martial arts yep which Superman never bothered to learn martial arts because he right. punched the shit out of everything why bother that's right so, so now yeah. you have like a super strong guy who can fly and can kick your ass with martial arts
1: right so yeah there's a, there's a little bit of uh, genre savviness going on here as well um Yeah, so that's, that's, so we go from, we go from Balogun's introduction and and like the many layers and a rich backstory to just, you know, kicking the shit out of everybody with Ronald Jones. And the third story on the list, Are You Experienced? And that's by Liberty Blair Charisage. I hope I said that correctly. Or Charizard? Charizard? Uh, no, I don't think that's that's definitely wrong. But anyway, this story takes us into the just plain weird.
0: Yeah, this Uh-oh. is uh, this is this is like the Doctor Strange. Of the story, it just gets trippy.
1: All right. This is the story that I was referencing that that would be like something out of heavy metal because it is, it's there is a surreal aspect to it as well. Um, you have your post-apocalyptic world where everything's different, and we are introduced to a protagonist named Jim. And he has adopted these two children from wandering in the wasteland and he yeah. goes to the city. And and you know, we have we have genetically engineered super beasts, you know, yes. that guard the city. Samurai,
0: cat, wolf.
1: wolves, yeah. Wolf squid.
0: Fifty feet tall. Right. Sentinels. The, Guarding the uh, city. The city is part of the Japanese Canadian Alliance. Right. <laughs> one th-
1: one little jab that that really made me chuckle was uh, in regards to the wolf samurai creature, and that was that um, it's as bloodthirsty as Canadians. <laughs> so now
0: maybe in this world Canadians are bloodthirsty.
1: Maybe so. Maybe so. Canada Canada and Japan survived. Why not? They they had to be a special kind of breed. Um, yeah, this story
0: is... It's hard to, to... Yeah. It, it, it's hard to really get through to what happens in this story without giving away the twist. Because there's, like, kind of a twist that, you, that happens at the end. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Through, through all the reality dripping experience that it is. Right, and... You,
1: I really would hate to go into detail and spoil a lot of this stuff because it is it is so strange and it's so. Uh,
0: it's you. You have to experience
1: it. Yeah. You. It's. Yeah. Are <laughs>
0: right, the the
1: the question the question is you know of the title are you
0: experienced well
1: you know you will be by the time you end this story yes
0: you will um, just briefly you have a a group of refugee superheroes that are are forming to, uh... Stop the U.S. Yes, stop the U.S. From their inexorable march, Uh, the U.S. wants to reunite with its conquered territories, and the city apparently is in the way. Mm -hmm. They have their own giant samurai cat thing.
1: Right. And... Yeah, we get a we get a big battle. Yeah. Um,
0: so Jim has reality warping powers. And, yes. Um, yes, he does. So yeah, I mean, we can get into a little bit of that. You have. I, I like I like a lot of the the little name dropping in here. Like the name of the town is Bada Town. Right. Who <laughs> runs Bada Town? Hmm. Um. There, there's references to warrior poet Philip Jose Farmer. Yep. The
1: warrior poet Philip Jose Farmer. Uh,
0: there and, the, and some interesting superheroes that might not uh, aren't the uh, run of the mill superpowers.
1: Mm-hmm. Emperor yeah. Coil, he can turn yeah. into a giant piece of metal.
0: Yeah, and a um, uh, guy was just strong. That's it. yeah, strong bad. <laughs> not not bulletproof. Right, not, not bulletproof, just strong. Not, can't fly. Just wrong. Just wrong. Um, the red jaw. Now, that was clever.
1: All right, the red jaw is you know the the way the way the liberty described red jaw. Uh, I I think she might be, or I hope it's a she.
0: I think it was. She was in a hijab.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, red jaw is yeah. Oh, you mean um, Liberty?
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I couldn't tell you
1: that. I'm sorry if I got that wrong.
0: Yeah, you don't want
1: to assume your gender, Liberty. Um, So Red Jaw reminds me of an Alex Ross cover for an sh- issue of The Shadow.
0: Yeah, so she basically, she, she dresses up in a hijab so she could have the bottom part of her face covered. Mm-hmm. Because she's got no jaw.
1: Well, she has no flesh yeah, on the
0: Yeah. Her, her the the below her mouth is all skeletal.
1: Right. And
0: she has psychic powers.
1: Mm-hmm. And she wears a black trench coat and fedora and a red scarf as her superhero get up. So it's like, yeah. I know it this
0: character. Good jaw. Oh and Flaming calm before the storm was kind of cool, too. Right, right. A uh, fire starter who, whose powers are out of control when she's calm. Mm-hmm. But when she's uh, excited, riled up, or in motion, she cannot produce her flames. So she's constantly partying. She's like Slurms McKenzie. Right.
1: Right. Which is actually an interesting, interesting take on, on that kind of weakness because it's usually the opposite. That a, a fire producing character, yeah, don't make me angry, or you know, if I get worked up, I have to be calm to be able to control my powers. Right.
0: She can't be calm.
1: She can't be calm. She has to be riled up and jumping all over the place and
0: she's constantly bugging.
1: You know, it's like, calm down, lady. I, I, you know what happens when I'm calm. I have to be this way. Do you think I'm screaming at you for my health?
0: I love I love the, their their battle cries and when when um, when reality finally shivers and cracks, they all have their own um, ex- exclamations. Mm-hmm. It's like "By Allah!" cried the red draw. "Buddha!" cried the flaming com before the storm. "Oh my atheism!" cried Mister Strong. <laughs> "Oh my atheism." <laughs> "Oh my atheism." <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's this this kind of a this is just a really strange and and fun little story.
0: And just remember, reality. Notes.
1: That's right, because can't tell you why. But. Yeah,
0: but once you once you read it, you know why. And you'll be like, that's really cool.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, next up on the list is Ghost by our good pal Milton Davis. Um, now, this this one. Uh, just like now, are you experienced? Reads like it's a self-contained graphic novel. Yeah. Uh, Ghost, on the other hand, like Follow the Caretakers* and *Heroes* again, is really kind of like the first act of a series.
0: Yeah. Now it, it seems to me because you had mentioned something to Milton about how this would be a good vehicle for his this movie he wants to do. Right. And he said, "Yeah, I got to. I got to work on it." You get
1: around to finishing it.
0: Right. I believe. you. And, and that, that, what ends up happening is you get like this huge story and you get past a bunch of hurdles, but you don't get the end. And it's like that cliffhanger. And you mm-hmm. really want to know.
1: That kind of ride off into the sunset kind of cliffhanger. Yeah. And this is a very science fiction, espionage heavy yeah, story.
0: It's, it's got that spy story feel. I you can hear Peter Gunn in the background.
1: Right. And and you know, there's genetic engineering and it's really like quasi cutting edge super science.
0: Oh you know, yeah. I mean that's...
1: it's it's the uh it's got the whole um uh, what is suit. the right, stealth suit and it's got you know genetically enhanced human beings. It's got that whole uh Max Hedgerum fifteen minutes from now.
0: Yeah, or like uh like Bioshock. Prior to the fall of Rapture, mm-hmm.
1: right, but it definitely kind of it has that techno thriller vibe. Yeah,
0: it kind of reminded me of the non-sword and sorcerer uh, Michael Moorcock stuff, like uh, Jerry Cornelius kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Not as like far out in in terms of the actual prose, but just concept wise.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it, it really is. It's a it's an it's exciting concept, and and really, uh, Milt should uh, develop this further, either as serial in in further anthologies, maybe if there's a Black Power to. Um, so go if you go out and buy this, so there is a Black Power too.
0: Yeah, it's um, available on Amazon right
1: now. Available on Amazon right now. Oh, we'll Stop put the cover, link in the description. You can get, it in,
0: you can get it as a uh, Kindle book. Yep.
1: And and yeah, this one this one worked out really well. It was paste really you know, nice.
0: You know, it kind of reminded me of, and maybe this is why it reminded me of the Jerry Cornelius book. It it was like Amari Kett in right. modern America, <laughs> 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 where where. Like the first Jerry Cornelius book was a retelling of, uh, of one of the old Eric stories mm-hmm. in a modern setting or modern, you know, 60s. It's kind of like the same thing here. It's not a retelling, but the, uh, Bryce, one of the, the protagonists right. of the story reminds me of Omari Cat. You can't help but like, like the guy, even though he's a reprehensible human being.
1: Right, right. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's definitely a character. Definitely a character. Um, and you even have your 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 NSA guy. Um, you know he's kind of straight laced, no nonsense. You know, all about the job, but happens to be one of the most deadly people on the planet. Right. Which deadly. is always, which is always nice to have.
0: That's, that's one thing. One of uh, Milton's strong points is he's really good about defining characters. Mm -hmm. You don't get generic character, you know, he's not generic NSA guy. He's got some depth to him. And he has this Bryce. He's not like completely uh, a Mari type clone. Right. And, um, you, and you have these characters who hold this story because there is action in the story but not nearly as much as in um, the other ones.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is definitely very character-driven, uh, very much driven by tension.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, the, the whole middle part of the story really is more about building dramatic tension, and the final part of the story is, you know, uh, even that, there, there's there's tension there.
0: Yeah, and even to the end, because like like you said before, it gives you like a nice cliffhanger ending. Mm. Um, But it's great because you get like this uh, powerful foe villain who isn't the final villain. Right. So, you know, there's another mysterious layer above the the villains that you encounter in this story. Mm. So it definitely, it's written with the potential for more. Oh, definitely, and and, and escalate more, not just more of the same. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep, another another excellent story. Uh, the last story on the list is Capes at the End of the World. And you're going to have to help me out here a little bit, Steve, because apparently Rory my handwriting's
0: St- Rory still. still,
1: yeah, okay, Rory still. Our apologies yeah, to Rory. Was-
0: this was a prose poem mm-hmm. that paints a really bleak picture of what oh, yeah. it what it is to be a superhero who fails.
1: Well, I I think it's even even worse than that. Is that something you know? It, it's the end of the world, Um, and right. our our main character is a speedster. Um, who really realizes that the end of the world is coming? There's nothing they can do about it, and
0: for all of his powers, he's completely powerless. Right,
1: and he's fully—he's yeah. fully aware of it, and not necessarily everybody else is. So maybe there's, there's there's like this kind of insinuation that there might have been a little time travel going on.
0: Well, it, it, it sounds like you had like this world-ending catastrophe that could have been prevented by one of his teammates. Mm-hmm. Who wasn't able to do it and he is feeling guilty or she maybe um because they're a speedster and they're used to being there in the nick of time no matter what right. so they're a speedster right and that kind of is like the the, the speedster's mo getting there
1: right uh, i wasn't <laughs> right in and the, and the main source of you know it's like whether you're Barry Allen, Wally West or whatever, I wasn't fast enough.
0: Well, and that's that's the current the current climax of uh the Flash this season is I wasn't Not
1: fast being fast enough. enough. Right. And and the that theme echoes through Cape's at the End of the World. I wasn't fast enough. And and we travel through this this character in in the throes of hopelessness and then you know slowly but surely as this this narrative poem or this prose poem goes on the the speedster realizes that you know yeah there's there's not much time left but I'm a speedster I have all the time in the world
0: right i i you know even even with the clock the alarm about to go off he or she can still alleviate suffering
1: mm mm-hmm.
0: because Uniquely, he or she can be in a shitload of places in the blink of an eye. Yep. And comes to realize this after not saving somebody, Mm -hmm. and realizing that even though the end is near, and the and I'm just going to say he because it's easier. Um, And he knows it. Mm -hmm. um, The person, the victim of the crime that he did not prevent, is still suffering. And is going to be suffering for X amount of hours until the end is there. So he can still be a hero. Right. And do his job.
1: Even even if he is a hero for a few hours, you know, he can the world can end and he can be at peace. Right.
0: That's and
1: he and is. he has, you know, fulfilled his obligation. And it's not even it's one of those it's one of those kind of uh and and we kinda gave away the ending with it, but you know, it's it's poetry.
0: So yeah, this one isn't really a a a beginning middle end kind of thing. It's more of an impression.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very much very much more based around the themes that it's tackling rather than the story it's trying to tell. And uh yeah, it's more it's more of a, you know, I'm not a hero because I want to be a hero. I'm a hero because I have to be a hero. Right. And you know, I do this because who else will? Who else can? Who else will?
0: Certainly not the the woman who was supposed to stop the doomsday. Right? Yeah,
1: apparently. <laughs> All right, so yeah, that uh, that about wraps it up. We kind of we kind of blew through it kind of quick there. It looks like, but that's okay. Um, next time we'll be back with five more stories. Um, five one more really
0: death-defying adventures.
1: Yeah, what what I'm kinda hoping for in the in the rest of this book is uh to see a little bit a little bit of uh Silver Age wackiness going on. Um yeah, I have my fingers crossed. High camp. Little little high camp um even somebody, writers
0: um, chases through through like giant household items.
1: Yeah, psychic gorillas and, and okay. things like that.
0: Planets interiors of planets. With Skies. Yep. The Mola.
1: The Mole Men. Remember like the that. Mola
0: from Flash?
1: Uh, no, that one I didn't. Was like I don't the, think it uh, that one. like
0: solidified speed around Barry Allen when he went to the center of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, just like bad science. I am looking forward to like some just like
1: complete. Really, really, really bad science.
0: Bad science that thrills kids.
1: This yeah what, and and, and and hopefully we get some uh some golden age stuff to like you know I snort essential salts to get superpowers and things like that <laughs> hard radioactive hard water. heavy water heavy water
0: heavy water
1: things like that yeah so so yeah I'm kind of I'm really excited to uh get deeper into this book and uh see see what else Allegen's going to throw at us from uh his uh cadre of creative masterminds.
0: Right. Yeah, I'm I'm happy that we get the opportunity to read this book.
1: Yes, absolutely. We've been excited for it for a long time. Um yeah as soon as he as soon as he said it was coming, I'm like, when
0: <laughs> Yeah. So yeah speaking of uh Valium, we'll just plug their their thing. Uh the Key Conger game. Mm-hmm uh, Balogun and Milton Davis are involved in uh, is gonna drop very soon.
1: Oh, yeah and, i heard they got and, the proofs back and everything and
0: and I know that pre-ordering is going on at MV media mm-hmm. so that's mvmediaatl.com if you uh, if you're so inclined to order that book this this book is uh, like we said before available on Amazon. Um, Kindle Kindle paperback. soft cover yep. yeah. Kindle uh, and so paperback
1: Yeah definitely definitely check it out
0: It's definitely worth it um, You know if you have a few bucks To spend on Fiction I would give these guys a try Because it's uh, unlike A lot of the stuff you're used to reading mm-hmm. Definitely Breath of fresh air
1: So until next time We'll see you later.
0: Ciao.